0: And welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotion. My name is Nandi Fleming and I will be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us just close our eyes for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we ask you this morning, Lord, to be our safety, to be the anchor in the midst of a storm, and Lord, to be our constant, that thing that never changes. The surety of our souls, Lord, may you be that for us in a world that is ever changing, in a place where our minds are ever troubled by so many things, sometimes rational, sometimes irrational. Lord, may you be our anchor. We thank you that you love us and that you care for us. And Lord, that you are always making ways for us to live more healthfully, to live a more meaningful and joyous life. And my prayer is, Lord, for everybody that is listening. May you give them joy of heart. May you give them peace in this world that we live in, Lord. And may you save them for your kingdom is my prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to read for you for our verse out of the book of Psalms, chapter 34 and verse 4. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. The title for my talk this morning is, What If Something Bad Happens? So we spoke a little bit about um, stress and then anxiety um, disorders yesterday um, or abnormal anxiety. And today we're going to look at one of these abnormal anxiety or anxiety disorders. Now there are various ones. You have generalized anxiety disorder. You have um, obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD as some of you might know it. We have what we call panic disorders. PTSD, which is also known as post-traumatic stress disorder. Then there's phobias, social anxiety, and you also have something called general medical condition anxiety or substance-induced anxiety. And all of these are different kinds of abnormal anxiety that people may experience or anxiety disorders or um, illnesses. So today we're going to look at one of these called a generalized anxiety disorder. Now this can range from anything from mild to completely excessive. So not everybody that has generalized anxiety disorder is going to experience it at the same level. This is very important to know. Um, Some are going to have a little bit of generalized anxiety and others are going to have it quite extremely. And you can probably, you know, if you have been diagnosed with this type of mental illness, with this type of anxiety disorder, then you will probably, probably be able to grasp where you are at on the scale so let's talk a little bit about what generalized anxiety disorder is Um, generalized anxiety disorder or sometimes referred to as GAD is an anxiety disorder that is characterized by chronic anxiety and it is um, characterized by exaggerated and excessive worry and tension in other words You blow your worries out of proportion. It's not normal worries about normal things of life. Or it could be about normal things of life, but you blow it out of proportion. You exaggerate about it. Um, Usually when there is very little or nothing to really cause you to worry. So people with symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder tend to always expect disaster. Um, They kind of, I would call them doom prophets. And they can't stop worrying about things like their health, their money, their family, their work, their school. And in people who have GAD, the worry is often unrealistic or out of proportion with the situation. Daily life becomes a constant state of worry, fear and dread. And eventually this anxiety so dominates the person's thinking, that it interferes with their daily functioning. In other words, they literally cannot do their work properly. They can't go to school. Their social activities are thrown out of the water and their relationships really do suffer. So they literally can't live successfully because this worry is just so excessive and it is so out of proportion. It's not realistic, if I could put it in a normal term. So examples of this would be somebody that would say, I worry when I leave home. Because I'm worried that my house is going to burn down, even though I know I haven't used the stove in three days. Or, you know, you might say, you know what, uh, my wife is cheating because she didn't answer her phone immediately when I called. And she always has to answer her phone immediately, otherwise she's cheating. Very unrealistic, very blown out of proportion kind of worry. Um, Somebody might say something like, my boss didn't greet me this morning, even though he's greeted me every single day of the year. Today he didn't greet me, so he's going to fire me. Um, So this is really irrational kind of ways of looking at life. Or you might say something like, that dog that is on the other side of the road, inside its yard, is going to kill me. Um, Can't kill you. Just because your boss didn't greet you doesn't mean he's going to fire you. Just because your wife didn't answer her phone doesn't mean she's cheating. Um, just because you know um, you are not at home doesn't mean it's going to burn down. And I do believe that there are actually quite a few verses that, that address general anxiety disorder within the Bible. And one of these comes from the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. It says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment, he that fears is not made perfect in love. What is the Bible saying? Yeah, the Bible is saying that if you are scared when you are in love. Then it isn't truly love. It's saying that true love doesn't have fear. So, so I believe that the Bible is actually addressing here a kind of irrational type of behavior that we sometimes see within relationships in the sense of where, where somebody might say something like the example that I used at the top saying, my, my husband's gonna leave me, my wife's gonna leave me, you know, they don't answer their phone, they don't always text me back, they don't hug me in a specific way, um, and therefore they're going to leave me. Um, This is a kind of irrational fear. Matthew chapter 10 verse 28 also calls up a type of irrational type of thinking or fear. It says, fear not them which kill the body, in other words humans, but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him, which is able to destroy the body and both the soul and cast them into hell. This is the biblical example, I believe, of where the Bible is just trying to help us to think more rationally, to say, you know, you might be scared of this one thing, but there's things that are way worse out there that you, 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 you know, that could, you know, harm you, and and I don't believe this verse is there to tell us that God is out to harm us and kill us and destroy us. But you just say, think rationally about things. Don't just go with your first thought. Challenge your thinking, and this is really, you know, what GAD, generalized anxiety disorder, um, is really about. It's this persistent and over excessive blown out of proportion kind of worrying about different things and always anticipating di- disaster you know living your life in a kind of doom profit kind of way and and what people who have GAD really worry um, sit with is they have a, a worry cycle a kind of rumination rumination is where your mind just runs over and over and over possibilities of of, of misfortune and possibilities of how things can go wrong and, and just always something bad is going to happen and they, they have very unrealistic views of problems, you know, there there could be problems, but they make it into this big mountain when it should just be a little molehill. Um, They tend to fortune tell and say, you know, this and this and this is going to happen, but there's no proof or evidence for that it is going to happen. Now, they might avoid risk taking because they are so scared of what might happen. For example, an opportunity for a promotion at work might come up and they might decline it because they'll say the boss is not going to like my proposal and therefore I'm not going to do it um, because he's going to hate it. And their minds just tend to run out of control. Um, they tend to lose friends because they always have this thought of what if they don't stay? What if they lie to me? What if they? hurt me? What if they become bad friends? What if I'm a bad friend? What if I hurt them? So they're always looking at the, the, the words, what if, what if, and and they usually come up with answers that are completely excessive and, and not realistic at all. So the excesses, excessive levels of generalized anxiety disorder um, Really does stop a person from carrying out the simplest daily tasks and activities um, because their anxiety is so severe. And they tend to stay home more than what they really want to go out. So how do they respond? How do we respond? Well, people with GAD usually try to plan and control situations. And if you're living in a home with somebody who has generalized anxiety disorder, you might find that they're very controlling over things. Because when they have control, their anxiety is less. They, t- they try to, to sort of like stop disaster from happening, the, the disaster that they think is going to happen in their mind. And they believe that worrying prevents these bad things from happening. So they view it as risky to give up the worry. And this is very problematic because the worry is the thing that's causing the anxiety inside of them. That's causing that discomfort. That's causing that pain that they're feeling. But they, they worry that if they give up the worry <laughs> that bad things will happen. So they hold on to the worry. Um, and... And constant worry could leave you with a lot of symptoms, things like, you know, um, stomach aches, headaches, difficulty concentrating, difficulty sleeping because your mind is always running, um, being irritated because, you know, of all the things that could go wrong, being very tired and exhausted, muscle tensions because of all the stress that you're putting on yourself um, unnecessarily. Um, And then, of course, things like diarrhea and sweaty palms, shaky hands, rapid heartbeat. Now, in order for a person to know whether they're struggling with GAD, they have to be diagnosed with a, cl- uh, a clinical um, psychologist or a psychiatrist. A trained professional will evaluate your specific circumstances if you think you might have GAD. They'll look at your health history, your family's health history. They'll also look at your symptoms. So if you say, you know, yes, I have the things that you've mentioned so far, Nandi, um, a health professional will sit down and they'll look at the symptoms and they'll they'll only diagnose you if they, if they realize that your symptoms are present for m- more more days within six, a six-month period. So in other words, you have to at least be experiencing these symptoms mostly over a six-month period. And if it is interfering with your daily living, in other words, you're ending up missing school, you're ender- ending up missing work, and, and life cannot go on as normal, then you know that your anxiety has gone into an anxiety disorder, and it could be GAD. So what are the causes of GAD? GAD is caused by basically three or four things, Um, one of them which includes genetics. So perhaps if your parents had this gene, this predisposition to general anxiety disorder, um, you could be prone to possibly getting it. It doesn't mean you're going to get it if they had the gene. It means you could possibly struggle with GAD. But the good news about genetics is is that we have learned um, that your genes is like an on or off switch and that your genetics, your bad genetics can be switched off by basically following a good lifestyle. Eating healthfully, um, exercising, getting enough sleep and doing those things which are really healthful. The second thing that could um, possibly cause GAD within you is the setup of your brain chemistry. Now basically what this means is that within your brain there is neurotransmitters. Now yesterday we spoke of the little neurotransmitters. Is that's the fluid that basically runs through the pipeline within your brain, within the car's, um, let's call it the, 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 the brake line as well as the petrol line. Now, sometimes what happens is that this fluid um, doesn't function the way that it should or the gateway through which the fluid goes is either closed or completely open. Um, and this could also be due to health reasons or it could be that you don't actually even have a pathway anymore. The pathway has been cut. Um, and basically what that means is, is that your neuro pathway hasn't been properly formed or it's just very weak and therefore the messages that should be getting through is not getting through. Now, let me explain this in a little bit more of a practical way. So when something happens to you, or you see something and your brain tells you, um, Nandi, my husband is cheating because he didn't text me back immediately after I received it. What should happen within the brain is, is that immediately when you have that emotional response of, oh no, he's cheating, um, a neuro pathway should be formed. A little message should be sent because neurotransmitters are the messengers um, should be sent to the part of the brain which is the driver, which kind of decides whether or not you should follow the emotion or whether you should make a logical decision and override the emotion. Now, if this little pathway is cut, that means that you're completely going to go on the emotional brain, which means that the emotional part of the brain is going to hijack um, the logical part. It's going to actually cut the messages from getting through to say, hey, is this really logical? Now, one of the good things is, is that when it comes to neurotransmitters misfiring or there not being enough fluids, um, these things can be fixed through lifestyle but if your pathway is not so strong the way that you fix your pathway is basically by um, by practicing to think um, rationally. So you can actually strengthen those paths to teach yourself to think rationally and we'll talk about that just in a little bit. Um, another reason for GAD why you could possibly be struggling with GAD is because of reduced brain connection. Um, and we see within the brains of people who have been scanned for GAD that there's really a reduced communication between the different paths in the brain, as I said before. Um, anxiety buttons tend to stay on. In other words, you constantly alert. Um, it's not switching off the way that it should. The brakes are not slamming on. The fluid is missing. All the lines have been cut. Those are basically the three reasons for um, GAD. And then there could be also environmental stresses. You see, if you are constantly over and over again exposed to trauma stressful events such as abuse or death um, broken relationships divorce changing jobs and schools Um, all of this trauma when it heaps up this way a person tends to to try and avoid these things and then one starts thinking irrationally because you know you don't want to get yourself back into these situations so a part of it is biological While another part of it is cognitive in the sense of that it's your own thinking that's getting you into trouble. And when it comes to the part of where it's your own thinking, remember the biological gets fixed through lifestyle, the, the, the. Psychological gets fixed through our thoughts and through our own, you know, challenging of our own thoughts. Proverbs 23 verse 7 really, you know, demonstrates it to us. It says, as a man thinketh, so he is. And this is why the Bible, you know, in many of the verses recommends that it says that we should, you know, we should challenge our own thinking. We should we should test, you know, what we think about. Philippians 4 is a beautiful verse that starts off with exactly um, the first words that it says, I believe is directed at people with GAD, it says, for whatsoever things are true. And then it goes on with the list. And it says, think on these things. In other words, everything that you feel, you have to test whether it is true. Now, how do we recover from GAD? Um, We know that in the brain, if you use a circuit, you build it up the way you kind of build up um, a muscle by exercise. Um, So basically, if your circuit is not working well, if those pipes are not working well, how do you you strengthen the pipes? How do you grow the pipes? By using them. In other words, by exercising your mind to think rationally. This is how you're going to strengthen your mind. And there's something within psychology called CBT or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. You don't need to go to a psychologist or psychiatrist to help you to do this. Basically, what CBT is, is, is that if your emotional brain has hijacked your logical brain. If your crazy, um, um, what did we call them yesterday? Um, driving instructor, yes, driving instructor. If your crazy driving instructor is taking over the wheel of your thinking, your logical brain, then you need to put him back into control. In other words, and you can do this by exercising your thoughts, by challenging your thoughts and asking yourself, is this rational? Now, there are a few ways that people, you know, become irrational in thinking. And I'll just mention four of them. Um, the way that people tend to become um, irrational is that they tend to exaggerate. They tend to make things a hundred times worse than what it truly is. And you need to ask yourself, am I maybe exaggerating in the things that I'm feeling, in the things that I'm saying, and in the things that I'm thinking? Um, an example of exaggeration is to say that... Everybody hates me. Now, I'm 100% sure that there's nobody in this world that is hated by every single person in this world. There has to be somebody that loves you. That is called an exaggeration. Then you get something called fortune telling. So fortune telling is basically where you think somehow you can tell the future where you say, I know this is going to happen. How many of you have ever said something like, I know when I get home, you know, um, that that the house is just going to be extremely dirty and um, people are going to be rude to me. And then when you get home. Nobody is rude and the house isn't dirty. In other words, you're not a prophet. You're not a Sangoma. You're not a fortune teller. So don't do fortune telling. That's an irrational way of thinking. Um, So you've got to challenge yourself. This is what cognitive behavioral therapy is about. Cognitive behavioral therapy is I challenge my thinking so that my behavior will change as well. And then, of course, um, you get what's called generalizing. Generalizing is basically where you, you look at something and you say, Everything is like this one thing. So usually when it comes to racism, um, people will um, generalize. So they'll say something like, all white people, this, 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 all coloreds, this, 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 all black people, this, this, this. Um, And and this is with racism. But we need to be careful of generalizing to say all women do this, all men do this. Um, This is not a very healthy way of looking at things. Um, And then another one is to have a kind of all or nothing way of thinking. This is also a type of irrational way of thinking to say, if I can't get 100%, then I am not good enough. And then you just throw everything out the window. The greatest weapon that you are going to have against GAD is your ability to choose one thought over the other. And to choose the rational thought as opposed to the irrational thought. So we need to learn to rationalize our fears. Don't just listen to the fear. Ask it. Is this fear realistic? Is this fear exaggerated? Is this fear something in the future that I cannot control and I do not know about? Am I generalizing when it comes to this fear? Am I having an all or nothing kind of thinking when it comes to this fear? And, you know, there are a few things that one can do. So, as we've seen, there's really a biological part to GAD and there's a, a psychological part. The psychological part, we've said what we can do. You can practice CBT. You have to practice to choose one thought over the other. But what do we do when it comes to the biological part? So you might go and see a medical professional and they might, for a time being, if your generalized anxiety disorder is out of control, put you on a short-term kind of medicine just to help you to, to, to come back to normal so that one can sort out the other things which might have caused it biological and then really lifestyle plays a massive role when it comes to brain health Um, when it comes to brain health the things that we drink plays a huge role on whether our brains are functioning the way that it should Um, things that you can do to to increase your brain health and to make those those little pipelines and the gateways and the, the the liquids fluids as I can call it in layman's terms stronger is to reduce your consumption of products such as as caffeine, anything that contains caffeine, such as coffee, teas, Coca-Colas, chocolates, chocolate cakes, all of those things. And then also um, to ask yourself... Am I perhaps using some medication, which might be increasing my anxiety? Be careful of just buying anything over the counter and just using it without first reading the labels. And then, of course, also lifestyle. There's a lot of things that can increase brain health, like breathing properly. Oxygen is so important for the brain. Sleep is extremely important for the brain. Um, Eating healthful foods, whole grain foods, vegetables, nuts. I always tell young children, I say to them, if you want good brain and body health eat the rainbow eat lots of colors eat variety if you can um and then, of course, also um, another thing which we, we often forget is, is that the, we need to learn to, to trust in the Lord. We need to learn to, to lay our burdens on the Lord, to go to him and ask him, Lord, how am I living my life? Am I doing the things that you have recommended? Am I taking care of this this soul temple? And this is really going to help with the biological damage that has been done within the brain. To, to, to live our lives in such a way that our bodies truly become the temple of God. And we only give it that. That which is good for it, not that which is harmful. So, do not let your mind bully your body into believing that it must carry the burdens of its worries. So, my prayer for you today is this: that if you are struggling with what you think is generalized anxiety disorder, that you will realize that there really is help to be found, and that. If you now know what is wrong, that you can reach out to professionals, you can reach out to the Lord to help you as you seek other help to to get that health within your brain that is needed to form those pathways which are more rational as opposed to irrational and that you will be able to live your life with less fear and with more meaning and purpose and joy. May God bless you. Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word YES to Plus27836584296 Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at 8am Topics are centered on Biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to PLUS27836584296. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.